Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a University Challenge Appreciation Podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Ivan. And we're getting close to the end of the first round matches. Welcome to episode twelve of. Ooh, you hit! I got that one. <laughs> it's I got that one. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us. I was trying to match your energy there. <laughs> well, you failed. I know, I know. But That's hey, all right, you have time to catch up. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to. Let's like, get on with it. <laughs> you didn't have to like kick me while I was down. <laughs> anyway, welcome everyone to episode twelve of I got that one. Indeed, and this was quite the nail biter this time round. I must say. Definitely. Um, so we had Warwick versus Wolfson Oxford. I was going to say, haven't we had Wolfson before? No, that was the other disgrace. Was Wolfson Cambridge. Indeed. indeed. Yes. So uh, thankfully, mm-hmm. this Wolfson did better than its namesake, getting double the points. Yeah, with 105. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's tragic. Uh, this week's episode was actually the highest combined score of the series so far. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actually, with, I'm not that surprised. Yeah, so with a total of 360 points, uh, Warwick versus Wolfson Oxford tops the charts, uh, followed by Lineker versus Open. Remember that match? Indeed, I do. And yeah. then Glasgow versus Exeter and so on. But uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive this time. I would say that was very, very impressive. And here's the thing. Uh, whilst it's a very impressive score, unfortunately, uh, it was a revisiting of... Uh, university challenges past and not in the best way what do you mean in the the makeup of uh, the teams mm. uh, so i guess that's a good segue to talk about uh, how these teams are made up yeah so okay so from warwick um we had pollard doing history and politics indeed braid uh, with a phd in physics Route with a PhD in mathematics and Burrell doing English literature. You know, with an average of 21, having two PhDs, that's yeah. very impressive. So that yeah. either means Pollard and Burrell are extremely young mm-hmm. or that uh, Braden Route went straight into PhD after getting their uh, undergrads. I guess you can do that. It is entirely possible. Mm. Uh, you don't have to get a master's of hand because mm. technically with uh, English degrees... Uh, from English universities, I mean, mm-hmm. you get uh, with honours automatically. So I yeah, guess that qualifies so it you. it qualifies you to do a PhD. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but uh, here's the thing. They're all British, mm-hmm. white, and all actually wearing the same uh, style as well. <laughs> they were. I noticed that. It's like you could take that picture and compare it to one from uh, an episode from the 1960s and it would look exactly the same apart from a slightly better definition. Yeah. Well, it was at least uh, nice to see a bit more international representation among the Wolfson team. That is true. Yeah, so we had Gafenku, uh, who is from Romania, mm-hmm. doing a DPhil in medical sciences. Moore, doing uh, English literature. And he's from Ireland. Yeah. Uh, Knight, from Japan, doing linguistics. He says originally from Japan, so I suspect that... He uh, might have been living in the UK. I think he has an English father or something, because uh, he looks kind of like Henry Golding, who's... Uh, he does, that's true, that's true, yeah. And then uh, Sakon from Italy doing Byzantine history. I think this is the first team we've seen where there's no, you know, full British individual on the team. I think so too. Which is good to see. Mm-hmm. It uh, kind of counterbalances the kind of homogenous element of Warwick. Yeah, indeed. So there was something that made me quite happy to see. Yeah. Sure. Now, uh, I do want to say that this is not something I'm slamming Warwick for. I'm sure mm-hmm. that they chose the best possible people. Yeah, yeah. And so it could just be a quirk of how it was selected. It's just... It's just it's always nice to see a bit more diversity, a bit more representation. Exactly. It, is, yeah. it feels a bit more fun like we had with last week. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that this was by any means a boring episode. Yeah, because... Uh, Far from it, Yeah, even. Warwick was an amazing, strong team. And here's the thing. They hid it because they were the first <laughs> ones to answer, but they got it wrong. Yes. And 
for the first four starters, it was all Wolfson. And we thought, ooh, this might be a bit one-sided. And then Warwick started clawing it back a little bit by little bit. They closed the gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wolfson pulled ahead. Warwick caught up again. Wolfson got away one little bit more. And then Warwick just put the foot down on the accelerator. They just steamed ahead. They yeah. just did not stop. Mm-hmm. I th- what was their uh, chain for uh, most uh, correct answers in a row? So uh, longest correct answer streak with seven questions from Warwick. That and is amazing. Just to say, I'm getting all these stats from a UC Stats Twitter account. Indeed, shout out to UC Stats. Um, and what's interesting is that uh, it wasn't just one person. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you had your Sherlock from St. Andrews mm-hmm. or... Your web. Yeah, the, the one and only web. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, Braid in particular was quite impressive, but Rao also uh, gave yeah. it his Pollard all. Pollard did well. very well. yeah. Only Burrell didn't buzz in on that side. Yeah, that's true. And actually what I thought was that um, Raut was a very good, assertive captain. I think he was good for the kind of team because um, especially Braid and Paula, I think they took a little bit of time to come into their own, start answering questions. So I think it was very good to have a captain like Raut who was, you know, assertive, who could make decisions very quickly, Mm -hmm. kind of always looked to his um, teammates for input. And I think he kind of gave them that confidence and that strength to answer and, you know, Go ahead. I would say so. Mm. Uh, that's not to say that Knight was a worse captain. I think he was just as strong. Yeah. It's just, I think what really held Wolfson back, and mm. unfortunately they're not going to be able to uh, recover from mm. this because they weren't able to qualify for best loser, yeah. is that they took a little bit too long on a starter. Mm. And it really looks like that's where a lot of teams stumble, especially yeah. in the first round. Mm-hmm. They spend a bit too much time thinking about it. They don't take that gamble, which is what we talked about last episode. Yeah, exactly. And again, if you go look at some of the stats, um, both Warwick and Wolfson got, you know, about 50 to 60% of the bonus questions correct. So in that sense, they were quite evenly matched, but it really came down to who answered the most starter questions, which this time it was Warwick. Yeah, and I have to say, it's good that we have these stats available. Once mm. again, shout out to UC Stats for mm-hmm. making our jobs so much easier. <laughs> but because I felt that... They weren't very good at the team questions, Warwick. Mm -hmm. It felt like they got a lot wrong. And I think it's just that at the beginning, it took a long time for them to get warmed up. Yeah. And they got better as it went on. And it could Mm. just be the order of the questions. It could just be confidence. Who knows? But it's just, it definitely just goes to show that you can't just rely on your feeling or your gut instinct because you have to really look at the numbers to know what the full story is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and considering um, Warwick, they got about 57% of the bonus questions correct. So 24 out of 42. So it was about, you know, one one out of every two questions that they got correct. So I think that that's why it probably seems like they got many wrong as well. Just because you kind of notice a bit more when they get it wrong than when they do get it right. Yeah, it's just because there were so many this time around. And mm-hmm. by comparison... Wolfson only got 50% correct, yeah. but it was 9 out of 18, so yeah. the difference didn't seem as significant. I mean, it's not like, for example, when Reading played, uh, I think they got very, very few right, and they only had, I think, two rounds where they answered the team questions. Yeah, yeah. So, eh, it mm-hmm. just goes to show, uh, you know, just normal perception is a very flawed um, system, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, and, and that's why having stats like this helps. Uh, let's talk about the questions themselves. Yeah, so I, I really found some of these questions pretty interesting mm. compared to some of the, the previous matches. I don't know if it's just me or... Um, yeah, but uh, some of my favourite questions were... Um, there was one on poetry, identifying poems by the nouns that appear in the opening lines. 
Yeah, which is an interesting one. Yeah, because not only do you get the nouns, obviously, but you also get the, the rough century in which the poems were written. So you kind of get a lot of clues as to the the mood at the time, the zeitgeist of the time as well. So, for example, the first um, poem, Adelstrop by Edward Thomas, it had words like heat, steam, afternoon, and you kind of think of, you know, early steam engines, trains, um, kind of an afternoon of someone taking a train. I thought that was a very interesting way to figure out what a, what a poem was. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got the job poet for a reason. If he was not good at... <laughs> conveying the feeling then you know what is he even doing yeah for me a fun one was once again the picture round yeah and this time it was european equivalents of the rust belt in the states oh yes yes that one Which was i didn't cool. think that something like a rust belt existed in europe i thought that it was unique to the u.s no but... it happens everywhere especially yeah, in so. the developed world where you used to have these heavily industrial regions that's true yeah and then they on the climb you know for example, in Belgium, uh, mm. Wallonia is a good example of that because mm. up until the 50s, 60s, that was... Coal. Exactly. Coal, steel, big heavy manufacturing. And that was the industrial heartland. And then mm. once they started closing those down, the economy shifted more towards services and trade, which is what the North was doing. And it's the same, especially in the UK, where all the big industrial towns like Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, they had to adapt or die. Yeah. Um, Wales, Scotland, blah, blah, blah. It's everywhere, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those were some interesting ones. Uh, I didn't know that the Donbass region of Ukraine was a, um, a Rust Belt region. Yeah. I mean, it certainly explains a little bit of the geopolitical tension going on there. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, another one of, oh, I got that one because yeah. <laughs> of uh, game knowledge I have is yeah. uh, the Rura Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a wonder in Civilization VI of that you course, can build. Of course, of course. Oh, it's a um, fantastic uh, wonder. You get double production for all the surrounding tiles. Sure. Fantastic. Well, that's a plug for that game then. <laughs> Indeed, a plug for a five-year-old game. Yeah. Uh, oh, another question that I really liked, I found really funny was, um, uh, we key in um, certain numbers in a calculator and the numeric answer that you get, you inverse it and that gives you... You turn it upside down. Yeah, so you, that gives you the name of the city and you have to name the state... Which I guess is a better way of doing it than, you know, what did every teenage boy write in a calculator <laughs> at some point. Yeah, yeah. But also it means that for the first time ever, Boise has a claim to fame. Mm. Boise, Idaho. Indeed. Yeah. Now, can you name me another fact about Boise? Not at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to all the people in Boise, Idaho, I guess. Yeah. And I also want to make mention of a, of a question about um, recent winners of the BAFTA Rising Star Award. Yes. Okay. So this is one where we both... <laughs> let out a collective sigh of disappointment indeed yes because i think it just goes to show how you can really choose for people's academic knowledge but not knowing some recent cultural stuff can really bite you even yes yeah, so this was a question given to warwick mm. and so there were three winners and the clues were I, I think one kind of obscure clue and one very very obvious very famous type of clue as well. So, for example, with uh, John Boyega, mm. um, Star Wars was obviously the famous, very well-known part of that question. Yeah. And then but same then with Letitia Wright, uh, Black Panther was there. Daniel Kaluuya with Get Out. Get Out. So, uh, you know, one maybe less well-known thing that they were in, but also one extremely famous thing that they were in. Yeah, and it could just be that none of these people uh, go to the cinema very much. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I can have for them not knowing... The people from Black Panther. I mean, Star and, Wars, though. And Star Wars. I mean, there's a good reason to not watch Star Wars, but <laughs> nothing to do with John Boyega. Moving on. Fantastic actor. Yeah. But I think it's just a bad look when an all-white male team 
can't name a single person of color actor. Well, a single black actor actually. Indeed, for one of these uh, films and and uh, yeah. shows, yeah. But it just goes to show that the Rising Star Award is definitely. Putting a spotlight on rising uh, minority yeah, and uh, underrepresented um, actors and, and groups. Certainly. Yeah, that's why I think that the BAFTAs is slightly better than the Academy Awards in the States. Yeah. Bit less, uh, you know, old person dominated. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily fun, but kind of funny was uh, the second picture round. Yeah. With uh, the Rembrandt picture of, sorry, painting. Yeah. Where I just thought the face was very funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like paintings from that era, the people in those paintings look a bit odd. And uh, a bit strangely, strange dimensions. I mean, I guess so. I mean, yeah, it's a painting. What do you want? Yeah. But also, Rembrandt is normally pretty good at capturing faces. I thought he did mostly still life. Like That's true. He's mainly a still life painter. Food, uh, like yeah, it was the... Uh, actual Dutch masters who were better at capturing uh, people. people yeah okay. but hey and other than that one more question I want to focus on is the music round because yes. I feel like they should have added a trigger warning uh-huh. because the clue was uh, music from the revision playlist from Classic FM and oh, having yeah. to reference revision on a uh, on a quiz show aimed at students Huh, I feel like, you know... I don't know, I thought it was quite fitting though. I'm sure many... I mean, I've listened to Revision Playlist. I'm sure, but I saw a right chuckle from a couple of them, which yeah. goes to show, you know, being reminded that, oh yeah, I need to revise for some finals coming up. It's yeah. probably not what you want your students to think about when they have to think about, you know, actual knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Oh no, there's uh, one more, uh, which was a fun one about forming words from the word privilege. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a game I played a long time ago in school. Mm. It's where you write a long word and then you try to form as many words as possible from that Yeah, it's that kind of like word. playing Scrabble in your head. Kind of. And mm. it was helped a little bit by giving uh, clues. Mm-hmm. So it was livre, glee, and livre, livre which is a French word. For, for book, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was uh, fun. And mm. also, uh, shout out to Braid for doing probably the fastest conversion of Kelvin to Fahrenheit I've ever seen. Yeah, so I initially thought that was really impressive. But then apparently that is the boiling point of water. So it's probably a well-known number that appears quite a lot. So he probably... He might have he might have done the calculations in his head. He might have just been very familiar with three hundred and seventy three Kelvin, two hundred and twelve. He's doing a PhD in physics. If he doesn't know the Kelvin scale, exactly. then what are you even doing? Yeah. So anyway, I thought uh, maybe we would move on to some very interesting stats that came out of this uh, this episode. Yeah, go for so, it. So as I mentioned at the very beginning, this match had the highest combined score of three hundred and sixty. Warwick, with a final score of two fifty five, is also tied. In second place with St. Andrews for the highest team scores. Indeed. So Birkbeck obviously uh, at the top with 295. That is insane. That was a first round match. 295. Also highest individual scores. Braid from Warwick with 86 is now in fifth place. So Webb from Corpus Christi is in first first place. Followed by Sherlock from St. Andrews. Williams from Birkbeck. Musgrove from St. John's from last week. And Braid in fifth place. Interesting. So how do they calculate uh, these individual scores? So 10 points for a correct starter, mm-hmm. minus 5 for an incorrect starter. Correct bonus is assigned 2 points to the person who answered that starter and 1 point to each of the, the other team members. I see. Okay. So this system was apparently um, 
uh, devised by Twitter user Bandana Chap a few years ago. Oh, well, uh, shout out to that person. Yeah, so it's a pretty interesting, very neat way of uh, calculating individual scores. Yeah, I think it's a better way of doing it than just kind of saying, oh, was the person who buzzed the most? Because I feel it's not fair to the ones who contribute a lot to team discussions. Yeah. That's uh, very interesting. And it just goes to show that it is really a team game because they are one of the highest scorings, but yeah. uh, there's no individual rising star per se. Yeah. I mean, Braid is in there, but definitely not as high as you think because Musgrave is higher. Mm. And they got a lower score in uh, the previous round. Yeah, exactly. So it really goes to show it's really a team effort in this case, like you said. It's a real shame that Knight and Co. didn't get as far as they did. Yeah. Because I feel like it would have been nice to have such an international team, but... Mm. You know, you play with the hands you've dealt, and unfortunately... They, they did a fine job, I think. Yeah, so well, we just have to wait and see. What about, drumroll, 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 <laughs> the best dress round? Yeah, so this round, I mean, this episode, like you said, um, not particularly interesting in terms of um, choice of outfit. So my personal best dress would have to go to Gafenku. Same, because... Simply because he put on a shirt and a jacket. And, it, you know, that was, I think, the most effort that yeah, any of them had put in this week. He looked like a traveling professor, I have to mm, say. Yeah. When, especially those thick black rim glasses. He, yeah. He looked quite the character yeah and quite different from the, uh, from uh, the, almost all the other players like shirt and jumper combo Warwick were wearing exactly the same style exactly all the, four uh, of them mm-hmm. I mean I'd say uh, run up would go to more yeah because he was mm. rocking that turtleneck uh, look yeah he looked like he belonged on one of those Arctic Explorer pictures I liked you know? his hair that too the slightly yeah, kind of not floppy, quite behaving yeah yeah he has definitely a future as the uh Hugh Grant-esque kind of uh, university lecturer that <laughs> yeah. all the uh, undergrads have a crush on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Yes, oh, I'm getting very specific to oh, Indeed. I guess we have to finish this off with, do you think that we can see Warwick going far? I think so, actually. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in terms of stats, they've done, they've performed very impressively. But not just that, I feel like their mental attitude mm. uh, is definitely there. Because mm. there are definitely some winners from the previous rounds where... Mm. You know, they were smart and they got there eventually, but it felt like there were quite a few false starts for some of the people who got through to the second round already. Mm. So I feel like uh, they seem to be the most ready to go on through mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think Raut as a captain also has that confidence about him. For sure, for yeah. sure. And I think, yeah, uh, we could potentially see him go very far, but mm-hmm. there's been plenty of upsets in the past. Yes. And I just I wonder who they're going to be playing in the second round. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the most interesting one. I can't wait for that. Indeed. And mm-hmm. also, next week, it's very exciting for me mm-hmm. because my alma mater is going to be playing. Which is? The University of Manchester. Brilliant. Indeed. So uh, next recording, I'll either be absolutely beside myself or mm-hmm. beside myself in the reverse way yep so i hope you guys join us next week for episode 13 of i got that one but until then it is goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me bye bye